the following podcast has been paid for by Perched on the Top Rope. What's up, everybody? It's your boy, the 2010 and 2011 Mr. Puss in Boots, the most entertaining, the most interesting luchador of all professional wrestling, Lucha Lisa Dorado. And I'm also the MLW World Middleweight Champion. And you're listening to Perched on the Top Rope. Welcome, everyone, to Perched on the Top Rope. I am your host, former dirt sheet writer from Ringside News, the sportster, the richest, and sports kita. Ladies and gentlemen, I am Lee Walker, and let's recap episode 144 real quick as I give you my hot takes on Lacey Evans being released from her WWE contract. I talked about Rhea Ripley being engaged to AEW star, former WWE uh, Buddy Matthews, and when it comes to AEW, I talked about all-in ticket sales. And what the fuck is with CM Punk in AEW Collision as he has issues with Ryan Amoth, Jack Perry, Hangman Adam Page, Matt Hardy, and Christopher Daniels. So if you want to go back and hear my takes on that, ladies and gentlemen, it is Apple Podcast Perched on the Top Rope, episode 144. This is episode 145, and ladies and gentlemen, it's all about Cash Wheeler and... sure some of you are curious as to why I am sitting here playing I Fought the Law and the Law won, and that is because Cash Wheeler had a warrant for his arrest filed on July 28th after an incident that happened on the 27th. He had pleaded not guilty to the charge via his attorney on August 3rd. The charge is considered a third-degree felony in Florida, which he resides Now, today, Wheeler had a hearing this afternoon where his attorney asked the judge, which was granted for Wheeler to be released on a $2,500 bond. His attorney noted that this was not a domestic issue and that Wheeler did not know the people involved. The prosecutor mentioned Wheeler allegedly flashing his gun during a road rage incident. All of Wheeler's firearms will have to be turned over to the local sheriff's department until the case is over, and he is not allowed to have contact with those involved. Uh, For for reference, he did not know the people involved. Uh, FTR is the tag team, you know, Wheeler and Dax Hardwood. They're currently the AEW Tag Team Champions, and they're scheduled to defend those championships against the Young Bucks, at the all-in pay-per-view August 27th at Wembley Stadium. Now, All Elite Wrestling did come out with a statement, and it said, AEW has been made aware of the charge, and we are closely monitoring the situation. Wheeler is fully cooperating with local authorities. I mean, that's a good thing, because if he didn't, he'd basically just be in jail. But the real question here is, what will happen to the AEW tag team championship match at all in 
FTR versus the Young Bucks for the AEW Tag Team Championships. I mean, the pay-per-view is only nine days away, so this doesn't leave much time for things to happen. I would be inclined to say that the match is not going to happen, or we're going to have it happen on AEW Dynamite this Wednesday, and they drop the Tag Team Championships to the Young Bucks, and then the Young Bucks have an impromptu match uh, at Wembley instead. That's that's the best possible outcome out of this. That, or Tony Khan pays somebody off a shit ton of money for Cash Wheeler to be able to go to England and participate at All In. Now, I'm sure some of you guys have seen the Texas Chainsaw Death Match between Jeff Hardy and Jeff Jarrett. I haven't watched it, so we're going to watch it live while I do this podcast. So Justin Roberts is in the ring. He announces uh, the match, that it is a Texas Chainsaw death match. Anything goes, and the only way to win is by pinfall. Hardy comes out in all white with a black shirt that's all cut up, and he looks like he's got some sort of mask on. And, and takes it off during the entrance. It looks like it's supposed to be a Leatherface type mask. And I will say this, he did his face paint really cool where it looks like Leatherface with like all sorts of uh, stitches and everything in it. So I give him props for that. During his entrance, he walks through the crowd, he goes to the back, and you can obviously see there's a setup. Everything's highlighted in red behind Jeff Hardy. You can see like all these weapons, uh, chains and... Uh, like meat cleavers and things like that, like things you would find uh, that are part of a horror movie. After all, when it comes to this match, uh, according to the Wrestling Observer, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch was an over 100,000 sponsorship deal for AEW. Now, according to Tony Khan, AEW's president, he noted that all proceeds that AEW earned from the Texas Chainsaw Massacre Deathmatch are being donated to the Maui Food Bank, uh, which is really incredible to see that all the proceeds were donated from this match. And speaking of the match, uh, Jeff Jarrett had just attacked Jeff Hardy in front of all those weapons. He had something in his hand. When he hit Hardy but dropped it, couldn't really tell what it was. I did find it interesting that Jeff Jarrett's in all black and that Jeff Hardy is in all white. Kind of like uh, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker, WrestleMania type. But nowhere near does this even compare to that match. Uh, very early in the match, Karen Jarrett, who we all know is Kurt Angle's ex-wife. Remember that incident with Kurt Angle and Jeff Jarrett and TNA? It was like a Matt Hardy Edge WWF thing all over again. Anyway, she's involved in the match and has what looks like a broken kendo stick and hits Jeff Hardy in the back of the legs and he like didn't even acknowledge it. Just like kept going about his business. And it didn't take long for Satin Singh to get involved in the match and he's wearing overalls which is rather interesting to see on someone who's as tall as he is. He immediately grabs Jeff Hardy and gets him in a double-handed chokehold, throws him up against the wall, holding him up. And then it looks like Brother Isaiah, Matt Hardy, and Ethan Page come to help out with Satin Singh. Now this is about where the match gets a little kooky. Um, 
Matt Hardy pours brood blood, I would assume that's what it is, over Jeff Jarrett and Karen Jarrett right before Jeff Hardy throws a super kick in there. But where it becomes a corny spot is Isaiah in his white cowboy hat and everything all white looks at the camera and breaks the fourth law with big smile on his face and two thumbs up. And even the commentary team's laughing. Now, they push Satin Singh one way. Jeff and Karen go the other. But the funny thing is that they were supposed to follow Satin Singh the way that he went. So they had to walk by the Hardys and Ethan Page again, which was rather funny because, like, the way they were walking by, you know, the Hardys were just letting them go. And then Jeff decided quickly to use the crutch in his hand to try and hit Jeff Hardy as he's walking by. And it actually hurts his hand in the process swinging it. You know, and they're walking through these hallways in the arena and everything's in red with red bulbs, you know, to make it look more horror type. And you can hear Karen screaming and whatnot. And the announcers are trying to be like, this is the most uh, chaotic thing I've seen. Nah, it was kind of stupid, but all right. It was even to the point that Taz was like, this is like something you watch, you know, from a, a haunted house or something. It's dark, and, you know, you just have, like, this one light to follow. To the point that he even says, what's going on here? What are we even watching? Well, Taz, I'm wondering the same thing. And, like, we're at a point in the match where it's really dark, and this is where, like, they're like, what's going on? Literally, Jeff Jarrett and Carringer are, like, hiding. Like, this is, like, hide-and-seek now. So finally, Jeff finds uh, <laughs> Jeff Jarrett and attacks him while, out of nowhere, Jay Lethal attacks Jeff Hardy. Now at this point, you have Jeff Jarrett and Karen, and everyone's following, but Jeff Jarrett's not moving fast enough, and everyone's behind him, and you can see, you know, Karen's yelling and screaming and... Uh, and she's walking whatever weapon she has in her hand she's yelling go go while like waving it forward but she's barely walking because jeff is moving so slow so jeff jarrett karen jarrett and jay lethal get to this door and they open it and it's just this bright white light with a silhouette of someone standing there and it turns out to be sunjay jutt and it looks like he's got a baseball bat and he attacks the hardy boys now for what we're watching the fans are watching as well at AEW Dynamite. So I honestly cannot tell you what is going on. I can't see who's who at this point. It's too dark. And the fans have started to notice because they're booing and you can distinctly hear a boring come out of the crowd. Now they're more in the arena itself where fans can kind of get a better view. Now, Matt Hardy was holding on to Jay Lethal, and Ethan Page punches him, then punches Jeff Jarrett. Sanjay Duck comes in, attacks Matt Hardy to break it up, and Ethan Page goes to attack Jeff Jarrett. And Karen Jarrett, with whatever weapon she has in her hand, uh, starts getting hit by Karen Jarrett in the back, and Ethan Page is just not acknowledging the hit. So this is the second time Karen has done something physical where she's just completely ignored. Now the next big spot comes here around the road cases where they're all fighting. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's up on the road cases where like the equipment 
gets stored in and things like that. And, of course, all these guys do the let's stop and look at who's about to come and attack us. As Jeff Hardy runs and does a cross body onto everybody. And, you know, everybody watches, then everybody takes the hit and everybody falls. This was, like, really, really weak in my opinion because when you look at the road cases, Jeff Hardy's really not that high in the air. There's no reason for it realistically they could have just caught him and just dumped him or whatever but this it was supposed to be a big spot and it honestly it just looked really really weak and so after this spot uh, they end up around the announce table where they have like a new led type screen because if you're curious what happened to the 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 front of the tables before they went to that uh i've got them they're literally sitting here at the Hasbro bar with me. I have AEW Dynamite and I have AEW Rampage. Now they're at the ramp and we can actually see what the hell is going on. Finally. Finally. They slowly make their way to the ring and we get to a point where Jeff Jarrett is in the middle of the ring and he's by himself, none of his crew is around, and he's circled by uh, Ethan Page, Jeff Hardy, Matt Hardy, and someone from Private Party in the middle of the ring. At this point, Ethan Page is trying to hype the crowd up. He's waving his arms up and down. The crowd is pretty quiet throughout this match, but we're about to get to a table spot. So that's you know where the hype comes in. And it didn't really go over well. They didn't get the hype I think they wanted. So Jeff Hardy hits a Twist of Fate stunner on Jeff Jarrett that instantly just stuns him and puts him right on a table apparently so jeff hardy's making his way up to the top rope and sunjay dutt and jay lethal pull private party ethan page and matt hardy out of the ring who are just standing there cheering jeff on jeff hardy doesn't care because you know why jeff hardy wants to be perched on the top rope and guess what ladies and gentlemen he hits that swanton bomb and jeff jarrett goes through the table after the Swanton Bomb, we get our first pinfall of the night, or pin attempt of the night anyway. Uh, it's broken up by Jay Lethal, who then in turn is about to take basically a razor's edge from Ethan Page. Uh, Ethan Page ends up getting a low blow from Sanjay Dutt, to which Sanjay Dutt is about to take a twist of fate from Matt Hardy when Karen Jarrett finally gets somebody to acknowledge something she does in this match and gives Matt Hardy a low blow. To which things go like mayhem and Jeff Jarrett comes back in the ring with a guitar. It's the back of it's painted up with like Jeff Hardy's like face paint type of background on it, which was really, really cool. Uh, Jeff Hardy ends up with the guitar, hits Jarrett over the head with the guitar and this is where things get more kooky. We start hearing a chainsaw sound. We see Karen leave the ring and Jeff Hardy's kind of standing there like, what the hell is that? Ladies and gentlemen, it's Leatherface. That's right, Leatherface shows up. He is on the entrance wrap. He is swinging, swinging the chainsaw around. He's in a blue suit. You know, Leatherface has the mask on and whatnot. He's coming down the entrance ramp. Now, Jeff did say that he would have Leatherface in his corner, which no one took serious. Uh, the commentators made note that 
Jarrett said this. So standing in front of Leatherface, Sanjay Dutt and Karen Jarrett, which Sanjay gets a nice kick to the stomach, which, I mean, Leatherface is holding a chainsaw, so a kick to the stomach. I'd say he got let out pretty easy. Karen Jarrett goes running and Leatherface goes running after her. She's crawling rather slow, which is causing Leatherface to kind of stall, swinging the chainsaw around. The camera pans back to Jeff Hardy in the ring, who now has uh, Satam Singh behind him, and Hardy has no idea. The camera pans back to Karen Jarrett running away from Leatherface, at which point, before she goes to the back back, you can see her walking. Literally walking. Like... Oh my god, I'm not scared. Walking. Satin Singh was going to give Jeff Hardy what looked like a choke slam. Jeff Hardy broke free, but did not break free from a hammer that Jay Lethal hit him with in the back of the head. To which, after the hammer hit to the head, and I don't mean a hammerhead shark, Satin Singh picks up Jeff Hardy, Hits him with a choke slam. Now, I'm not going to lie. It was actually a pretty impressive choke slam. Like, he got him pretty decently up in the air with, with not so much difficulty than what we've seen in the past. Jay Lethal would then push Jeff Jarrett on top of Matt Hardy for the 1-2-3. So I didn't realize that this was for a championship belt because Jeff Jarrett is got a Leatherface championship belt. It, it, the, the front plate is literally a face of Leatherface. So there you have it, folks. That was the match. Uh, I'm giving it a 2 out of 10. It was terrible. Most of the match you couldn't see literally until they got to the uh, inside the arena, I guess, is the best way to put it. You know, once they got to outside of the red glowing light and all that, uh, this was a match that, for all intents and purposes, was... I feel like a quick throw together and was not really organized and it showed. But when you're getting over $100,000 to have the match like that, you'll do anything, I guess. But let's move to WWE, folks. And I am happy to announce that Lordy Lordy, perched on the top rope, is going to WrestleMania 40. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Perch correspondent Justin and I will be attending WrestleMania 40 as we bought our tickets today. Now, in the last episode, we talked about Lacey Evans becoming a free agent as her WWE contract was terminated. She had previously changed all her social media, which indicated she was leaving WWE. Uh, Evans then even reported herself that she had left WWE, but there was no further details provided. It was February 2021. She was in the middle of a storyline with Charlotte Flair, and Lacey Evans' manager was Charlotte Flair's dad, Ric Flair, and she ended up getting pregnant. Evans would return in April of 2022. Uh, She experimented with new gimmicks, but never really got her next push going. Uh, This past January and February... She had defeated a couple of talent enhancement on SmackDown. She worked the, the Women's Royal Rumble. Uh, her final seven matches had been held from March to July of this year, and they were all losses. She teamed with Zai Lee in a loss against Natalia and Shotzi on March 24th of SmackDown. She was defeated by Tegan Knox in a SmackDown dark match March 31st. She was defeated by Shotzi 
in a SmackDown Dark match April 14th and April 28th. Uh, she came up short against Selena Vega June 2nd on SmackDown, and she took a loss to Charlotte Flair on June 23rd on SmackDown, in under three minutes, by the way, and her last match was July 7th in a losing effort to Selena Vega. Lacey Evans is now going by the name Macy Estrella, and her nickname is Limitless Macy. We would like to wish her the best of luck in her future endeavors. Now, in a few hours on SmackDown, we are going to have what is seemingly going to be Edge, Adam Copeland's last match on his WWE contract. I know that sounds pretty pretty bad, but he did say he wanted to have a retirement match uh, in his hometown and part of ET Canada. Edge had done an interview uh, where this is what he had to say, you know, having his last match facing longtime friend Sheamus on SmackDown. Here's what I can say honestly. And this isn't the answer that everybody is going to want. I truly don't know. I can, with 100% truth, say I don't know. This is the last match on my current contract. So I don't know. I honestly don't know. And I probably won't know until I get to the locker room that night and just decompress. Now, there is a rumor that has been buzzing all week with the idea of the retirement of Edge after his trainer Ron Hutchinson spilled the beans that Edge could hang his boots up following his match with Sheamus. While Edge didn't confirm his retirement one way or another, it is almost exactly one year ago today that the Rated R Superstar indicated that he could call it quits right around SummerSlam 2023. The event came and went without an appearance from Edge, who now seemingly has three options for his next move. Sign one last WWE deal. Retire. Or, ladies and gentlemen, you could see Adam Copeland, a.k.a. Edge, go to AEW. And in AEW, Edge has some friends I'm sure that he would like to work with again including Christian, even Matt Hardy, Jeff Hardy, are there also. You know, they had the classic uh, tables, ladders, and chair match in WWF, including the Dudley Boys, which was, you know, phenomenal. Um, I don't know if Edge wants to retire with a one-on-one match, him versus Christian. I don't know if he wants to retire in a tag team match with those guys. Uh, him and Christian taking on the Hardy Boys one last match. Uh, you can almost have endless possibilities with that. But regardless, it seems like this could be Edge's last match. And if that's the case, he's had a hell of a career. And if that's what ends up happening, we will end up doing a tribute show showcasing our favorite matches and things like that related to Edge. However, I'm going to touch back on the Cash Wheeler thing one last time. As MJF, the AEW World Champion, has commented on the Cash Wheeler incident on Twitter saying this, Kind of disappointed how many dorks 
there are on this app that jump to conclusions so quick. A ton of people's privilege is showing. We're all human. We're all flawed. We all make mistakes. Take it from the guy who's made more mistakes than most. I've had my ups and downs with FTR, but Cash Wheeler is a great dude and a badass. You're getting FTR versus Young Bucks in front of 80K K plus on August 27th. Talk about that, you dweebs. Now, that's all fine and dandy. I don't care about the name calling because when I interviewed MJF, he called me a fat bastard and I only weigh 190 pounds. So with that being said, um, he's letting us know now that we're going to get that match regardless of this incident taking place. And he's sitting there saying that he's a good guy and this and that and that, you know, people make mistakes. I've never waved a gun at anybody over road road rage. That's more than a mistake, MJF. I'm sorry. I don't know what the situation was at hand, but when you start waving a gun around, I'm pretty sure you're willing to uh, go the distance when it comes to violence. Good or bad. The only way that this is acceptable is if he felt the need that he had to defend himself. Otherwise, yeah, it's road rage blah, blah, blah. It is what it is. We're going to have to wait and see what happens. But, you know, Cash Wheeler is not the only one here, fans, who's in trouble. Because, after all, there are sunny days, but not for Sunny. Sunny, also known as Tammy Sitch, had some not-so-sunny days in court as the former WWE Hall of Famer pleaded no contest to being charged with a DUI causing death. She also pleaded no contest to one felony charge of driving with a suspended slash revoked license calling death. Additionally, she pleaded no contest to four counts of DUI with damage to person and two counts of DUI to damage to property. The maximum sentence is up to 25 years in prison. She must serve a minimum of four years Sitch's sentencing hearing is scheduled november 27th so whatever happens here sunny is going to jail and i'm sure if you saw uh, her in court the photos she did not look good she had put a lot of weight on and uh for someone who's named sunny orange does not look good on her ladies and gentlemen this has been another episode actually it's been episode 145 of Perched on the Top Rope. You can go and listen to other episodes on Apple Podcast where we are ranked on Chartable in multiple charts from the United States, United Kingdom, India, Canada, Australia, Germany, Saudi Arabia, Ireland, Indonesia, and many, many more. We thank you for all of those who have kept us on your Chartable charts. Uh, you can also find us on YouTube at Perched on the Top Rope. You can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Perched on the Top Rope. We are on Instagram at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. We are on Threads at Perched on the Top Rope Podcast. We are on Twitter at Perched Top Rope. You can also find us on TikTok at Perched on the Top Rope. And we are on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Perched on the Top Rope. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been another episode of Perched on the Top Rope. And remember, spoiler freeze, the way to be. I'm out.